Welcome travelers, one and all. I am so happy to have you join me for this, the very first episode of Tales from the Dungeon. I hope our journey together will be long, and the stories of the deeds of villains and heroes be many. But I digress. You are here to listen to a tale, and I am here to tell it. So without further ado, Joel Rigetti's Speaking Stone Studio presents Tales from the Dungeon. For Brian and Matt, and all the other heroes and loved ones whose adventures have ended too soon. Yana focused inward and tried to calm his labored breath. He was surrounded by total darkness and still alive, for now. He dragged himself a little further, and finally the sensation of being crushed ceased. He could no longer feel earth and rock pressing in on him from all sides. He must have found his way into a small cave or chamber. It was Gorion's own luck that the crack in the wall he had jammed himself into in a panicked retreat went anywhere at all. In his current state, he had no real concept of how far he had clawed, crawled, and struggled. It felt like a hundred feet or more. It could have been ten. As his breath slowed and the thundering sound of his heartbeat in his own head faded into the background, he cocked his head and listened. Guttural grunts of hobgoblin and the scraping sound of digging could be heard. Absent of vision and with no concept of where he actually was, it was almost impossible to tell if they were attempting to follow or to bury the crevice through which he had squeezed. With a grunt and a last pull with his good arm and a push from his uninjured leg, he finally allowed himself to stop, face down in exhaustion. Cold, flat, and smooth, Yonuf rested his face on what he assumed to be a stone floor. Being adventurous as I, came his self-mocking thought. How many of you watched pass through the gates and beaten in bloody glory, dragging hordes of treasure behind, or guarding some secret item that would bring a lord's ransom as a reward? An explosive flash of pain from a foot that Yonuf was only partly sure still existed racked his body. Yonuf bit down until he tasted blood. Summoning all his will not to scream, unconsciousness began to lap over him like surf. So as you can see, we have a solid lead. We're a part of a stalwart company, and all we need is another experienced fighter. Someone who knows his way around heavy armor and a weapon or two. Alarian paused. A smile twitched briefly on his lips. And that would be you. Another nervous smile twitched. We have talked to many in town, and your name came up over and over as someone with both the requisite skills and the inclination for adventure. Were we steered wrong? The noises of the plowman's rest were changing from the normal tones of conversation into the louder yells, greetings, 
and overly exaggerated laughter of those who were moving on from their second and third drinks. The dusty sunlight of the tavern was fading, replaced by the flickering shadows of candlelight as the day made its slow retreat. Yonif held Alarion in his gaze for a bit longer. It was hard to tell for sure under the layers of gray and green robes, but he appeared scrawny. His face was narrow and a bit on the young side to make Yana feel quite comfortable that Alarion was the accomplished wizard he claimed to be. Something in his quick speech and twitchy face reminded Yonif of a squirrel. Yonif's eyes flicked left to the half-elf sitting next to Alarion. The half-elf had been introduced to him just a few minutes prior as Orteval, a cleric devoted to the goddess Roselia. If it wasn't for the slightly pointed ears, Yonif would have never assumed he possessed any elven blood. Tall, muscular, and covered in scars, Orteval's male shirt issued a metallic hiss as he lifted his mug to take a swig of his ale. Orteval's gaze stared unerringly back at Yonif. The half-elf's calm made Yonif feel a bit better about the possibility of this proposition. Turning his head completely to the left and downward, Yonif's eyes fell on the last member sitting in the booth with them. A gnome simply introduced as Snare froze, his hand resting on Yonif's pouch. The buckle was half undone. Yonif had felt nothing. Snare's lips peeled back, revealing his crooked teeth still clenched together. It could have been intended as a smile, though it did not touch his eyes, and the effect was more of a dog burying its teeth. The gnome removed his hand slowly, held Yonif's attention for a second longer. Then his lips snapped shut, and a bored expression returned to his face. The gnome had a long blonde beard streaked with white. It was intricately braided with ornate silver rings woven into it in places. It seemed as though it should be on the face of a dwarf, not a gnome. With disinterest, Snare turned his head back to the table, picked up a gold piece he had placed there, pinned it on end with one finger, and then flicked it with another so that it spun in front of him. Well, came Alarion's voice, this is the chance to leave the ordinary behind. What say you? Yonif kept his attention on Snare and his slippery fingers, lifted his mug and finished the remaining contents in two big gulps before slamming it back down on the table. He pursed his lips and considered. The wizard was an unknown, but Orteval seemed as solid as they come, and the devious little gnome had already proved himself a proficient burglar in Yonif's estimation. He may come to regret it, but he was so bored with his current post at the city gate, he wasn't sure he would be able to watch another party of adventurers walk by without thinking of the opportunity he had missed. Yonif kept his eyes on Snare and extended his hand across the table to Alarion. Amen. A racking, painful cough brought Yonif back to his senses. He frantically sat up, swinging his head from side to side, his hand darting towards his face, feeling for damaged eyes before remembering his circumstance and the total absence of light that robbed him of his vision. Yonif's hand, still on his face, felt something wet on his lips. He coughed again, and this time he felt the wetness hit his hand, forcefully expelled from his mouth. 
blood, Yanef wondered to himself. The grunting and scraping of the hobgoblin's labors sounded louder now, though it was still impossible to tell the distance. Rolling back over, Yanef scooted around on his good hand and knees, trying to get an understanding for the space he was in. The effort of it was exhausting, but he eventually found a wall. It was smooth, flat, and vertical, seemingly made rather than natural. He rested a moment after this discovery to catch his breath. Then feeling his way along the wall, he searched. One corner, two corners, three, a pause to cough another agonizing cough, and then finally a fourth corner. Yanev's heart sank. The best he could tell, he was in a man-made chamber that measured about fifteen feet on a side, and his investigation seemed to show that other than the crack through which he crawled, there were no other entrances or exits. He was good and truly trapped. Yonif dragged himself to the side of the room opposite the crack and turned to sit, pressing his back and head against the wall. At this point his leg was on fire and his injured arm throbbed. With all of his remaining energy, he fought back another coughing fit. A chill began to creep over Yonif's body. Maybe getting caught wouldn't be a problem. Maybe his end would come before he was found. Uncinching the mangled armor from his left arm, he dropped it to the floor. He probed the damage with his good hand, wincing. Broken in at least two places, if not more. Stealing himself, he moved his hand down his right leg, his fingers finally coming to a place where his foot should have been. There was part of something there, but it was not identifiable. It was broken and wet, and he was pretty sure he felt bone. His stomach heaved, but he held its contents back. The pain pressed in. The chill deepened. Yanif slumped over to his right, and consciousness fled again. In all, Yanif was an adventurer for a grand total of three days before meeting his current state of affairs. The better part of day one was spent gathering supplies for the journey, though there was a bit of time spent with Elisheva, captain of the guard. Red-faced and enraged, cursing Yanif and his family for several generations into the past and future for leaving her shorthanded by one sergeant of the watch. But as Yanif left the small lower chamber of the watchtower by the east gate, he felt a weight lift from his shoulders, as if his life was only now beginning. They left early in the morning on the second day and struck out north on the last road. Just before lunch, they left the road on what was little more than a woodcutter's path and headed northwest into the Gimlin woods. There was little conversation that evening. Alarion studied what seemed to be an old map of some sort. Orteval read to himself from a large tome, his lips moving silently. As soon as the light had faded, Snare had pulled a rough brown blanket over himself and now appeared as nothing more than an indistinguishable lump between the fire and a fallen log. Yonif took the time to put the sharpest edges possible on his two daggers, a short sword, and his favorite axe. He also had to make adjustments to a few straps on his splint armor. He hadn't worn the full set since the Knoll Wars eight years past. 
At some point during those years, his body seemed to have betrayed him and changed shapes. They woke early again on the third morning. Yonif, still in his blankets, rose to his elbow to see Snare cooking over a rekindled fire. Snare flashed his teeth again in the same feral grin, and then returned to cooking. They ate quickly and broke camp. We should reach the old temple today by my reckoning, Alarion said, followed by a series of twitched smiles. Yonif took that to mean the wizard was excited. In that moment, something welled up inside Yonif that he hadn't felt in years. Hope. Today his real life would begin. Today he became an adventurer in earnest. A little more than two hours after they stopped for the midday meal, they came to a very small clearing at the base of a wooded hill. Built into the embankment was a large stone arch. Worn and barely visible in the arch were carved runes in some ancient language that Yonif did not recognize. Large wooden doors once hung in the arch, barring the entrance into the hill, though they were much decayed now. The left door was battered with many holes where the wood had either been chopped into or had rotted with time and stood slightly open. The right door was mostly non-existent. It now consisted of little more than its two large metal hinges and the remnants of a few planks that were attached directly to them. Yonif's newly rediscovered hope began to sink into disappointment. Wizard, it seems as if your temple has been visited before, he grumbled. Alarion took a skittish step back, but spoke with confidence. Some faith, Yonif. I have no doubt that whatever small and loose valuables that existed within have long since been taken. But we are not here for such pittances. I have spent well over a year uncovering evidence that a magical item of great power resides in this very temple. Furthermore, it resides within an altar, in a chamber, which is only entered through a secret door. This secret door is not simply hidden. The fact is, it can only be opened with a matching amulet and a ring of very specific origin. Alarion reached into the neck of his robes and pulled forth a silver amulet with a green stone set in the center. Yonif noticed that in the silver surrounding the green stone were stamped ruins. He squinted at the ruins, hope bubbling back into Yonif's heart. The runes matched the worn ones on the stone arch. Snare turned from where he was looking at the entry arch to face Yonif. He made a quick flourish with his left hand, and as if from nowhere, a ring lay in the palm. It was a silver ring with a green stone set in it. Despite himself, Yonif grinned. Alarion stuffed the amulet back into his robes. Gentlemen, shall we go in? Thanks for listening. I hope you will join me on the many adventures there are to come. And stay tuned next week to find out Yonif's fate.